Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Sacrifice, the key ingredient to growth, a special message from Brother Zach Pyers. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Well, praise the Lord. Man, I love this church. I love this church. Praise God. And as he mentioned, it's great to have my uh, family here with me. And uh, Penelope, she's just a precious little little thing. I told a, a story about how whenever she was born, I had a vision. And that vision was my wallet. How many men know where I'm going with that? Praise the Lord. It opened up and $100 bills were flying out. Praise the Lord. And my wife has been instrumental in making sure that that vision comes to pass. Praise God. How many, can I get an amen from the ladies? You know what that's about, spoiling your kids. They're precious. But I do love my family. I'm so thankful for them uh, being here with me. We're going to go in our Bibles to Psalm 51, so you can turn there while getting ready here. And um, give honor to your pastor and his wife. What a great couple you guys have. You guys landed... Uh, a great pastor, praise the Lord. So just please support him and his ministry and his vision and what God is doing in this place. And um, again, I just want to say I love this church and I'm so thankful for an opportunity to be able to preach the word of the Lord to you this morning in Jesus name. Psalm 51 verse number 17. If you're there, say praise the Lord. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. And I want to preach this morning about sacrifice, the key ingredient to growth. Sacrifice, the key ingredient to growth. Let us pray. Mighty God, you're awesome. You're worthy. We give you honor. We exalt your name, Father. I pray that you'd speak to this precious church, God, that you'd have your way in this place. You've already moved. We're so thankful for what we've already felt in this place, God. I pray, Lord, that your anointing would be upon this message. Touch me, God. Touch these lips of clay, God. Allow me to speak as an oracle of your kingdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now you can turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter number 6. We're going to be reading there here in a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I feel the hunger of this church. This church is a hungry church, and I'm so thankful for that. I was encouraged whenever I saw a lot of you men at the men's conference and a lot of you women at the women's conference. That's a display of hunger. You wouldn't go and drive and stay in hotels and all that to hear the word, Lord, if you were not hungry. So I can tell you right now, there's a desire to grow here. And, I'm, uh, and I want to encourage you and thank you for that. And, and I'm sure pastor's really excited about the hunger that he feels and the desire to grow that is in this place. But growing in God should be our greatest desire as a Christian. We have to continually grow. We have to uh, continually press to be more like Jesus Christ. We, we shouldn't respond to the same th- the, the way that we used to, to the same things, and we shouldn't act the way that we used to. There should be a distinct growth that is taking place in our lives. Uh, we should have a desire, a deep desire to grow in the knowledge of God and in our intimacy with God and in our use and our service to God in our character. We should have a desire to grow, a great hunger to grow in what Christ desires us to be. None of us have grown to a place where we cannot grow anymore. Can I get a witness from somebody? 
No matter how long you've been in church or how short you've been in church, there's always room for improvement. Growth is something that we are to press for. Growth is something that uh, should be happening in our lives, and growth is something that we should uh, evaluate in our walks with God. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, growth is a must. Look at your neighbor and ask them, are you still growing? It's something that you, if you're not growing, then you're shrinking. If you're not growing, then you're diminishing. If you're not growing, then you're lessening. If we are not growing, then we are dying. As a Christian, we have to continually be growing in God. We need to evaluate it and say, am I at the same place I used to be a month ago, six months ago? The last thing we ever want to do is look at our lives and see us going in an opposite direction. Even if it's incremental small growth, uh, that's better than no growth uh, but we have to evaluate our growth in the kingdom of God praise God now again look at your neighbor and I want you to get your preaching finger out and say you need to grow there are certain things that you need to grow out of Uh, Paul said whenever I was a child I spake as a child I'm so thankful I don't speak the same way whenever I came into church. (laughs) There was a lady that came up here for prayer, and she said that she was fighting things in her mind, and the enemy lying to her. And I told her that what I wanted her to do is begin to say the opposite of what the enemy was speaking in her mind. That's growth. Uh, We should be able to speak more faith. Uh, We should be able to speak more expectation. There should be a distinct uh, difference in the way that we speak uh, from the way we used to speak. Paul said, I used to speak uh, as a child. And he said, I used to understand as a child. Now, the Greek word there is feel. Feel, feel. Everybody say feel. Feelings are crazy. Feelings are crazy. You cannot allow your feelings to continue to control your life. Uh, as you grow in a Christian, the way you feel ought to be less and less uh, of a, a driver of the decisions that you make in your life. Uh, as a Christian, we needed to make our decisions based on the word of God and the things of God. And Paul goes on and he said, I thought as a child, but whenever I became a man, I put off these childish things. We can't think the way that we used to think. I'm telling you, this is a growing church, and God wants to do great and mighty things in this place. And we can't get stuck in a small mentality or a way of thinking that hinders what God can do. What happens if God would grow this place so in six months you have to build a new building? Praise God. I'm telling you, you got to break out of the way that you've been thinking thinking because God is going to blow your mind. Growth is going to take place, uh, but we can't speak the same way that we used to speak. Uh, We can't have the same feelings that we used to have, uh, and we can't think the same way that we've always thought uh, because God is so great, and there's going to be mighty growth uh, taking place in this place. There are certain things uh, that we need to grow into into. There are ministries here that are waiting for the men and women of God to grow into them. There's Bible studies that aren't being taught yet because uh, you need to grow into that. That's a maturity. As you're growing up in God, there will be a burden that will come upon you that says, hey, maybe I should share the word of God. Maybe I should be the one teaching a Bible study. There's people right here, right now, you're not teaching a Bible study, but you're going to grow into that ministry. It's going to be something that God pulls you into. It's a growth that's going to take place uh, in your life. There's anointings that are here right now 
now that you have to grow into. Whenever I was a young man in Christ, I came to the church and I started to feel the pull of God in my life. And the number one thing I was praying for as a young man of God was for the anointing of God to grow in my life. Because I understood I couldn't just get up behind a pulpit and preach uh, just to preach a word or just to fill a slot of some time. But whenever I came up to preach, I needed the anointing of God. And it was something that I pursued after in my life. I didn't just want to do it, but I wanted to be anointed whenever I did it. I wanted people to feel the presence of God in my life. Uh, And I promise you right now, there's people in this place uh, that God wants to use in a more mighty way. And the way that's going to happen is you're going to grow up up into the anointing that God you don't have it all right now but I'm telling you whenever it comes uh, it's going to make a marked difference in your services uh, and in your families uh, and in your lives whenever you grow up into the anointing that God has for this church praise God if you're not growing eventually you'll be going If you're not growing, eventually you'll leave. Uh, Nothing is worse than whenever a person sits on a pew as they stays the same and does not grow. It would be like a body who uh, that has a body and all the parts in the body grow except for the nose. (laughs) That would be weird, wouldn't it? If you looked at somebody's body and they're and they're 50 years old but they have a, a six month baby nose, it's like. Something's wrong here. Something stands out. It's weird. And I'm telling you right now that this church is going to grow. So every single saint has the purpose in their heart. I am going to grow with the body of Christ. Because if you don't, you'll start to feel weird in the house of God. Um, you'll start to feel like, hey, I don't fit in here anymore because uh, they're really after something. They really want to be Christians. They really want to reach Ironton. And you know what? I was just coming just to fill some time on Sunday. And you'll begin to stand out more and more. But I don't believe there's going to be very many people like that uh, because I believe that this church uh, as a body wants to grow. Praise God. But if you're not growing, you'll be growing. You'll be going. Listen, I've heard reports about what God is doing here. People receiving the Holy Ghost and people being baptized and people stepping out of addictions and into convictions and people praying more than they ever have. And I'm telling you, if you're not going to grow, you're going to stick out. You can grow so many ways. There's so many different avenues to grow and search out growth through prayer and reading and studying your Bible can help you grow. Obedience and submission and directions from directives will help you grow. But I've come this morning with a truth, and that is that the main ingredient of growth is found in sacrifice. Sacrifice is the key key ingredient to growth uh, and I believe that nothing will accelerate your growth faster than a willingness to sacrifice sacrifice is the destruction or the surrender of something for the sake of something else I'm going to say that again I'm going to go slow we have to grasp this sacrifice is the destruction or the surrender of something for the sake of something else so sacrifice can be a trade-off You give something and then you get something. 
You destroy something, and then something else grows up in its place. You surrender something, and then something else is given back to you in the place of that thing that you just gave up. And I'm telling you, God is calling this church to deeper sacrifice. Why? Because he wants greater growth in your life. And the way that you grow is you sacrifice. You surrender this for more of that. You kill this off so this can live in your life. And guess what this is? This is going to be flesh and hobbies and materialistic things and things of this world. And if you and I will sacrifice in this area, then over here in this area, this is the kingdom of God. We will have more blessings. We will have numerical growth. We will have more anointing. The gifts of the spirit will begin to flow in this place. But it's a trade-off. How many people have kids? Your kid say, comes up to you and says, I want to stay the night at my friend's house. And you say, okay, that's fine. But in order to do that, you're going to have to do extra chores this week. Praise God. It's called leverage. If you're not a parent, you need to get a hold of this. Wisdom. If they want something, then you, you, just, you ought to be so excited because then you could leverage some laundry out of that, praise the Lord, or some picking up of things or whatever you need to be have done. So you tell the kid that, and now the child must ask himself, is it worth it or not? One week of chores versus one night at my friend's house. Uh, and my question to you is, do you really want growth? What are you and I willing to sacrifice to experience growth in our lives? It, it has to come from within your soul. You have to say, you know what, I do really like this, but I want this much more. I do really like, uh, you know, uh, doing this on Friday night and doing this with my buddies, but Pastor said, hey, we're going to do family prayer or something on Friday night. Uh, now you and I are left with the option, the choice, because nobody's going to force you to do anything. Uh, but you have to say, I am willing to sacrifice this uh, because this is much more important to me. And if you'll make the right decisions, uh, and if you'll offer up the right sacrifices, uh, then what you will see is growth begin to take place uh, in your life. What are you willing to destroy? And what are you willing to surrender? Render to grow in him. In order to move closer to God, there must be an exchange made. David said in the text that the sacrifices of God are a broken heart. Your heart is the seat of your will. What are you willing to break in your will so you can see God's will come to pass in your life? Well, I want, I, I want to grow without sacrifice. That cannot happen. You can only grow so far in God. Before a sacrifice is required to go any further. John said, I must decrease so he can increase. Uh, everybody say, that's an exchange. You ever, play, you ever been on the teeter-totter? It's the same thing. You and God both can't increase at the same time. Right? There's an increase and decrease. We have to go down so God can go up. There's an exchange there. And as you grow closer to God, your convictions will grow in Him. They do not diminish. As you move away from God, they diminish. Listen, I am not the same person I was 15 years ago whenever I came to church. 
As you go closer to God and you grow closer to his light, uh, then what is going to happen is God is going to begin to lay more and more convictions on your heart in your spirit. And I, we had some people leave our church recently and they said, well, we want, we, we feel this and, and, and we evaluated their lives and we seen that as they begin to move away from God, their convictions in God begin to diminish. Well, we, we used to not watch these movies. Now we're watching them again. We used to uh, be in church three times a week. Now we're only there one time a week. Uh, we used to make sure that our kids were early for prayer. Now we could care less. Uh, there was a diminishing in their convictions uh, because they were moving further away from God. So as we begin to grow in God, God will begin to convict our heart uh, and speak to us uh, about greater convictions that we can grow uh, into in our walk with God. As you grow closer to God, your righteousness will grow. As you move away, it will diminish. As you grow closer to God, your mercy and your forgiveness and your anointing will grow. But as you move away from God, they diminish. Most people will find a comfortable place where they have sacrificed some and feel God. And they will uh, find this middle ground and they'll pitch their tent there. And they stay there for a certain amount of time until the enemy convinces them to move four or five feet back. And they continually move four or five feet back until eventually they're out of the church. Right? You understand what I'm saying? There's times in your life where you grow and grow and grow. And then you hit a place where you feel comfortable. Can I get a witness from somebody? Like, well, this is a, this is a comfortable place. I feel like I've kind of sacrificed not willing to really sacrifice anymore. So most Christians will pitch their tent there and stay there for almost ever. And then the enemy will convince them, speak to them, hey, why don't you move back a little bit? Then they'll move their tent four or five feet back, and then they'll stay there for a little bit. It's a slow fade, but I've seen it happen far too many times uh, because people hit this place uh, where they don't really want to grow anymore. And very rarely do you see people sacrificing and moving their tent uh, forward. I must decrease, uh, and he must increase. When a missionary goes to Africa and starts a church, how do you think that happens? They're a human just like we are. They have the same God, but they are willing to sacrifice. Whenever a pastor leaves everything behind and comes to a place like Ironton, praise God, and says, hey, I'm going to move, I'm going to pack up, I'm going to go, and I'm going to preach the gospel. How does that happen? Brother Vinny was willing to what? Make a sacrifice. And I believe that God is going to honor that sacrifice. But one person person will stay after an event to clean up and one will go home. What's the difference? Sacrifice. One person will make it to the altar to pray before service. Another won't because they're not willing to sacrifice. One person gives up their tithes and their offerings and another person does not. What is the difference? It is sacrifice. Revival doesn't just happen on accident. It takes sacrifice. Uh, we're not able to grow more than we are right now until we start sacrificing. Remember, it is an exchange. Uh, we all need to be growing. What are you willing to lay down at this altar today to sacrifice unto the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords? Uh, and I believe that if the sacrifice is great enough, uh, that there will be fire that will fall from, this, from heaven in, this, in your life and in the church. 
In the middle of the drought, Elijah poured out barrels and barrels of water on the altar of God. In the middle of a drought, there was no water anywhere across the land. Elijah said, you know what? We're going to sacrifice to God and see what happens. And they started pouring out barrels and barrels. And I can see God in heaven sitting on his throne. And there was a point whenever a certain amount of gallons had hit that water that God said, you know what? I'm going to show up because of the sacrifice that is being made and I'm telling you that's what God wants to do here he's trying to speak to us and say hey what are you willing to bring to the altar what are you willing to sacrifice listen I don't know what the number is I don't know what God wants to do but there's gonna come a point where there has been so much sacrifice that is laid at this altar that God is going to have to show up that the fire of God is gonna fall because of sacrifice are you in your Bibles now? Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter number 6. The closer you get to God, the more sacrifice is required. The closer God moves to the center of your life, the more sacrifice will need to happen to get him there. Verse number 1. And again, David gathered together all the cho chosen men of Israel, about 30,000. <clears> Prior to this story... We read about the ark of God and how it had been taken by the Philistines in the battle of Ebenezer. This plundering of the ark happened under the leadership of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who served as priests in the tabernacle of Shiloh. They were wicked in the sight of God, disobeying their father and the Lord by eating meat sacrificed and sleeping with women who served at the doorway of the tent of the meeting. Aren't you thankful we don't have leadership like that? Praise God. And during this battle of Ebenezer, they thought that they would bring out the ark of God to use it as a rallying token to turn the tides. But God did not honor them that day with the victory because he had had enough of their shenanigans. And it was in this battle that these two priests died. And the Philistines had the ark for seven months and they decided that they were going to return it to the Israelites with expensive gifts and offerings. Now why did they return the ark? Because the Philistines took the ark of God and they put it in the house of Dagon, which was their God. And we all know that story that the ark in the presence of God cut off Dagon's arms and his head and so forth. Uh, so it intimidated them and they said, you know what? Uh, we're going to return the ark of God. And whenever they did that, they offered up all kinds of gifts and offerings whenever they brought it back. Uh, and the ark of God uh, stayed for 20 years at Abinadab's house. Verse number two, can I read about nine scriptures? Will you stay with me? And David arose and went with all the people that were with him of Judah to bring up thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims and they set the ark of the Lord upon a new cart and brought it to the house of Abinadab verse 4 and they brought it to the house of Abinadab with Gibeah accompanying the ark of God Halo went before the ark and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manners of instrument made with fur and of harps and of psalteries and timbrels and cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nicron's threshing floor, Yuza put forth his hand and touched the ark of God and took hold of it and the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Yuza and God smote him there for his heir. And there he died by the ark 
of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had breached upon Uzzah in verse number 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Please make reference of that. How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him in the city of David. But David carried it aside and set it in Obadiah the Gittite's house. After David watched his friend die by mishandling the ark of God, he asked this powerful question, which is really like a spying glass into his soul. And he said, how can the ark of God come to me? In order for God's presence to get to the very center of our house and the center of our lives, uh, there are going to be, please understand, people and things that you like that will die in the process of moving him in. David said, it's been 20 years since I've really had the presence of God in my life. And he purposed in his heart to bring the ark of God. And as they were bringing the ark of God, something died. Listen, this is a principle. If you want to grow in God, and if you want to have a closer walk with God, and if you want the presence of God to be in your life like it never has been before, as God begins to move in, there's going to be people and there's going to be things that are going to have to die off in your life. There's going to have to be people maybe that you're fellowshipping with uh, that God does not want you to fellowship with. Uh, there's going to be things that, man, don't get quiet on me now. There's going to be things that you may be involved in or hobbies that you get involved in or places you go, things you uh, uh, put into your body that as God's presence begins to move in, there's going to be things that are going to die in your life. Uh, so David begins to move the ark of God in. And David's intentions were, at the beginning, his intentions were what? I'm going to move the ark of God from Obadiah's house to the city of David. He, his intentions were to move the ark of God to the very center of his life. Those were his intentions in the very center, in the center of his life. But David was upset and he became frustrated in his purpose and he did not see a way for the ark and for him to coexist in the same place after what he had just saw. And when something died in his life he liked, he got afraid and set God aside. I've seen so many people, remember what I'm talking about, please, sacrifice is what? The key ingredient to growth. I've seen so many people say, you know what? I want to grow in God. Our church wants to have revival. We want to have a, a mighty move of God. We want to move God to the very center of everything that we do. That's their purpose, right? That's the same thing that David's purpose was. And then they launch out to do that. Just like David. Let's get the presence of God. Let's bring it to the center of our lives. But on the journey, what happened? Something David's liked had to die. Man, I'm going slow, and I understand why you don't have to preach with me right now. This is a little bit hard for us. As God begins to get closer in your life, and God begins to become more powerful in this church, there's going to be things, people, that might have to die. But we cannot respond like, what did David, once his friend Yuza died, what did he do? He got afraid. 
And he said, man, how can I really be close to God? How can I have a relationship with God? I tried to bring God close uh, and things just all of a sudden start dying. So what did he do? He set aside his purpose, which was what? To bring God into the very center of his life. Uh, This is what happens to most of us whenever we purpose to grow in God. Amen. That's why we're not all maybe as close to God as we want to be even. Or we should be. Because as God's presence came in, we started, we got afraid. Because, well, you know, if I bring God this close, then maybe I might not be able to cheer for the Browns as hard as I do on Sunday instead of worshiping the Lord. Praise God. I may not be able to uh, be so consumed about Ohio State winning uh, a football game and and worshiping them more than I worship the Lord. Praise God. (laughs) I'm just trying to help this morning. Amen. And because we love that thing that the Lord just killed off, uh, what do we start doing? We start evaluating other things that are in our lives uh, and we'll say, God, I will allow you to come this close, but not this close. Because now I'm, a, now I'm aware that in order for you to move to where you want to be in my life, there could be some more death along the way. But because we don't want our flesh to die out and we don't want to let go of maybe that relationship or maybe we don't want to get rid of that addiction or maybe we don't want to look, stop looking at that thing that God has been speaking to us about not what to look at, we will set God aside. And say, how could I ever have God this close in my life? But what did John say? I must decrease so he can increase. If you want to grow, please write this down. If I want to grow in God, something has to die. Something will have to be sacrificed. Listen, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up to church. I used to, I used to do drugs. I used to deal drugs. I used to... Go to jail, all that stuff, until like I was 19 years old, and a guy invited me to church, and um, I started coming to church, I was really excited, and, uh, and I started to do Bible studies with my pastor, praise God. Every single week was like a funeral service for something I was doing, right, <laughs> Right. Every single week we're sitting there and it's just like pastors reading my mail. You know, I'm, I'm involved in all kinds of sin and iniquity deep in my life, not just in my life, generational curses and all this nasty stuff that I had in my life. And, and every single week it was like, hey, man, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. But you, I'll tell you what, I was so hungry for God. And that's why I'm encouraged about this church. And that's why I'm encouraged in the growth that I'm gonna, I believe that's going to come in this place. Because you're so hungry. Your hunger and desire to have more of God will cause you to sacrifice. Why? Because you're going to say what I said earlier. This is more important than this. And you're going to say, My, I'm so hungry for God. It doesn't matter what I have to lay down at the altar. I'm so thirsty for God. Jesus, if you tell me I need to wear blue shoes, I'm going to wear blue shoes. If you tell me I need to stand on my head for three hours a day to make it to heaven, then that's what I'm going to do. There's a hunger here at this place. 
So every week we were learning about God and I was killing myself and I was uh, getting rid of things and getting rid of things and getting rid of things. Uh, and guess what? I was growing. I was feeling God's presence. I was uh, falling more in love with him. He was speaking to me. We were growing in our relationship. Uh, and then there hit a time where there was this one thing I really didn't want to get rid of. And we had to do three Bible studies to help me get rid of it. Praise God. Instead of one. But you know what? I knew, noticed something that the moment that I obtained truth and knew that it was wrong and did not sacrifice it, I stopped growing. I stopped. Because God said, listen, in order for us to continue on, you have to kill something here. And I'm so thankful I was willing to kill that off because you know what? If I did not kill that there, I would still be stuck there. Praise God. Verse number 11. The Bible says, And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obadiah, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obadiah and all the household. And it was told David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obadiah and all that pertaineth unto him, because the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark from the house of Obadiah in the city of David with gladness. You and I will never be happy with God living on the outskirts of our lives. The worst way to live for God is half-heartedly and without having all the presence of God. Because you'll never be happy. David set the presence of God aside and then news came back to him. They're having a Holy Ghost rally party over there. God's presence is there. And David said, man, I got to do something about that. It's the same thing with us. If we do not place God in the very center of our life, we'll never be blessed the way that God wants to bless us. We'll hear about the blessings of others who have correctly positioned them in their lives. We'll see the blessings from afar off. But until we place God right smack dab in the center of our lives, where he's the most important thing, uh, then we will just continue to hear and see other people be blessed, uh, but never experience it for ourselves. David finally got sick and tired of where he was and where God was. And he got sick and tired of that. And I'm telling you, sick and tired is the birthplace of change and growth. <laughs> If you get sick and tired of not having God the way you want to have God, if you get sick and tired of your ministry not being where it wants to be, if you get sick and tired of not having an anointing, not being able to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, if you get sick and tired of your family not being blessed the way that you want it to be blessed, that is going to be the birthplace of growth. David set it aside and it took a couple months and it took a couple reports about what God was doing at Obadiah's house. For him to say, you know what, I don't care what happened to Yuza. I don't care that he died. I don't care the sacrifice that God is calling me to make. I'm sick and tired of not having God in the center of my life. So he makes up his mind. It's time to grow in God and move him to the center of my life. And he did. In verse number 13, the Bible says, and it was so. That whenever they had bared the ark of the Lord, had gone six paces, he sacrificed ox and fatlings. He sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Now look here. David is bringing God's presence closer to the center of his life. Every six steps, the ark moved closer to the place that David had prepared for it. David stopped and sacrificed. 
What did I say? Sacrifice is the key ingredient to growth. Sacrifice is the key ingredient to growth. Every six steps, they move closer to the center of David in the city. David had to stop and sacrifice. And then what? They could go six more steps. What am I trying to say? This is a principle in growth. God wants to grow in your life. I promise you he does. God loves you. God loves this church. There's revival around the corner. And please, I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm here to encourage you. You are growing. Amen. There's going to come a time soon where God is going to require sacrifice. Because what will happen is you'll hit a place where you stall out. And you feel like, man, we're, there's something just keeping us from taking another step. And what it is, is sacrifice on our behalf. I've seen it work in my life. Every revelation that you hear about in God, you have to implement in your life through the vehicle of sacrifice. Every purpose and calling of God that he has for you has to have be made room for with sacrifice of something else. If you want more of God, it has been six steps and God is standing there and he's waiting for a sacrifice so that he could move six steps closer. Six steps, death of flesh, God moving closer. Six steps, death of more flesh, God moving closer. Six steps, death of flesh, God moving closer. It's how it has to happen. A trip to Obadiah's house to, from the city of David was six miles. So in order for them to get from Obadiah's house to David's was six miles. So that a step is considered to be 2.5 feet. So six steps is about 15 feet. There's 5,280 feet in a mile. So that's 31,680 feet in six miles. So if you divide that by 15 steps, that means that in order for God to get to the center of David's city, he had to sacrifice at least. 2,112 oxen. Nobody knows the sacrifices that you're going to make to get God to the center of your life except for God. Now the scripture does say that there was other fatlings and stuff that was offered, but at least over 2,000 oxen. I'm telling you, listen, this is a walk with God. Do you understand that? This isn't a sprint. This, isn't a, this is a marathon, praise God. And whenever you lay down on your deathbed and God looks over your life and you evaluate your life, uh, the only way that you're going to be where you want to be is through a continual process of sacrifices that need to get made for the kingdom of God and for your ministry and for this church. It might be 2,000, it might be over 2,000, I don't know what it is. You have your relationship with God, but I'm telling you that as you grow in God, every six steps, there's going to have to be flesh that is sacrificed on the altars of God. And you say, well, Pastor or Brother Zach, I, I may have sacrificed last year. Well, listen, if you want to grow more than you did last year, sacrifice is required. You may have given, and that's great. Uh, but if you want to stay where you are, then just to bank on what you gave last time or what you did last time. But there's going to be new sacrifice uh, that is required. Verse number 14 and 15. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. 
and David was girded with a linen ephod. And so the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the timbrel and dance. Uh, notice here that the first time that they attempted to bring the ark in, they were singing only. The first time that David tried to bring the ark of God in, all they did was sing. The second time they brought the ark in, they brought it with singing and sacrificing. This time they sang, they sacrificed first and they sang second. Sacrifice cannot be something that is birthed out of, or, or growing in God is not something that can be birthed out of emotions. The first time they're like, oh yeah, we're going to grow in God. Let's break out the timbrels. Let's dance. But guess what? God can only use that so far. Before sacrifice was required, our sacrifice and our growth in God has to come based on a deep desire, not on emotions only. If you could stand with me this morning, if our praisers could come back. I was praying for this church, and I believe that this is a word of warning. I don't know if I want to say warning, but preparation. That God is growing in this church. You guys are all excited. Can I get a witness? Aren't you guys excited for what God is doing? People getting the Holy Ghost. People getting baptized. People being healed. People being delivered from addictions. And God wanted me to let you know to be prepared in your heart and your mind for sacrifice. Come on, let's lift our hands all over this place. And you say, well, what am I going to have to sacrifice, Brother Pyers? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. There's four things. Number one, your time. You thought I was going to say money first. That's all right. I'm going to save that for last. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to sacrifice your time. You're going to have to sacrifice your talent. There, whenever I look, you guys are all capable people. There's all things that you could be doing for the house of God. Right? You're going to have to sacrifice that. If you know how to fix a toilet, you're going to have to take your time someday, come over to the house of God and fix a toilet. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to sacrifice your heart. What did David say? The sacrifices of God are what? A broken heart. Whenever God begins to bring hurting people into this city, listen, me and my wife, we, we, we're assistant pastors at our church. You better believe that our heart has been ripped out of our chest and t- trampled on. And, and you know it's easy to get bitter and to get hard. But that's not a sacrifice that God's looking for. He's not looking for a, a hard heart. He's looking for a broken heart. And if God wants to grow this place, there's going to be people that come in here that they're going to need to be loved. They're going to need to be ministered to. They're going to need for you to connect with them and take them out to lunch and let them know that you love them and help them. And guess what? They're going to make mistakes. Uh, They may turn their back on you. They may take the gifts that you give them and may not be that appreciative of it. But guess what? God is going to take sacrifices of a contrite heart in order for us to grow. And the last is treasure. Time, talent, your heart, and treasure. It takes money to operate a church and it takes money to have a full-time pastor. It takes money to have revival and to buy things. Uh, and listen, I'm telling you, I'm not, again, I'm not here to beat anybody up. God is so excited. I'm excited. Your pastor's excited about what God is doing in this place. Uh, you guys are growing, but I'm telling you, at the rate that you're growing, if you want to continue to see the growth that God has, uh, it's going to be a sacrifice. How many people would lift their hands and say, how many people would meet me at this altar?
and say, you know what, God, I'll give my time. I'll give my talent. I'll give my heart. I'll lay it on your altar, God. I'll care like I never cared before. I'll give, God. If the pastor says it's time to give, God, I'm willing to pour it out, God. I'm willing, God. I want to grow in you, Jesus. I want to see revival. Come on, let's begin to pray all over this place. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible. Anything's possible.